Hello, Miss Bits. Hello, Miss Bits. Morning meeting time. Okay, let's go. We're recording for Friday, May 15th. So happy Friday to everyone listening. And we have two special guests today. We do. We have Zara yep. and Haley. Yeah. We're going to introduce them a little bit later, but we got to get through our riddle and joke. We do. So yesterday I gave you a riddle, another what am I riddle. I never ask questions, but I am always answered. What am I? A doorbell. <laughs> Doorbells don't ask questions. They're great company, but you got to answer them. Well, I don't always. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> do you have a joke for us today? I do. Why are basketball players such messy eaters? I don't know. Why are basketball players such messy eaters? They're always dribbling. <laughs> I feel like there has to be a way to extend that with like traveling or, or something, but my brain is not in the place to make that pun today. <laughs> Someone who knows about basketball, teach me how to make that even funnier. <laughs> These special guests, I'm very excited because as a teacher, I'm totally not allowed to have favorite students or favorite humans, but I do have to say that I'm very, very fond of these two. Well, why don't you introduce them real quick? We're so excited to have Zara and Haley on the show, two local heroes. These are STAB students who made headlines because they are fighting COVID-19 by sewing face masks. And welcome, Haley and Zara. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We're thrilled to have you here. And we want to know a little bit more about your process. Why did you guys start making face masks? Have you always been sewers that love to make stuff and just saw an opportunity for a new project? I started sewing probably when I was, I was like pretty little when like I learned how to sew, but I have not sewn anything for a while, except when I, so my mom had told me that everybody was like, having trouble getting face masks places and so I had learned how to make masks a couple weeks before this for like our family and I just saw this as an opportunity and I kind of went with it. So and now you're making masks beyond your family? Yeah I actually I have shipped masks to 11 states at this point. Wow. Yeah because my mom like put an article up on Facebook or like a thing up on Facebook for it and a bunch of people responded. <laughs> Like way more than I thought. Cause I think it's getting hard to get masks in some places, which is, I don't know. I feel like what I'm doing is just pretty, pretty, pretty helpful. How about you, Haley? Why did you start making masks? So I had very minimal sewing experience before this, but just since quarantine, since there's not really much to do, I thought it would be helpful. So I also, like Zara, started just making them for my family and then that quickly extended to friends and then just other people I don't really even know. So I kind of had to teach myself how to use a sewing machine for this because I had never done it before. It took a few failed attempts before I got the hang of it. But once I did, it started going pretty fast. That's no easy task. So how did you go about learning how to use your sewing machine? I just watched a lot of YouTube videos. I'm, I'm nodding along. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Now I have not searched on YouTube. I, I'm planning on dusting off my sewing machine, but do, do you have any hints for searching? Do I search for my specific kind of sewing machine and a mask making tutorial or what did you search for? Well, first just to like get the hang of actually using a sewing machine because I'd never done that before. I just searched the specific one I have on YouTube and just like learned how to even start 
and then I just watched like a normal video on how to sew masks. What have you found most challenging and most rewarding about this experience? I think it's pretty rewarding that you are, you know, you're helping people and you know, you're like doing something that people like need, they need masks in places. So I feel like it's, I don't know, it just feels good that you're helping people, at least for me. Yeah, I agree with Sarah on that. That pretty much sums it up, I think, because since we're all just home, there's not too much you can really do. And so I think you should spend your time like doing things to help people. We purchased, my husband and I purchased masks from Zara when we saw that she was making them. And I, one of the things that I loved about it is that Zara just took enough to cover the cost of the materials that she was using and she's donating anything else that she makes to a community organization. So we were getting masks that kept us safe. We were paying Zara for her time and for her materials and anything extra that we gave was going back to our community, which we loved. But I use the masks all the time and so does my husband. And so through your good deed of making masks for us, we are able to go out and do things. My husband is currently out helping someone move. I gave blood yesterday wearing the mask. Because of the masks you provided for us, your little impact gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm so glad. And we look amazing. So. <laughs> I mean, of course. <laughs> gotta, gotta be stylish. What advice would you give to other young people who might, might also be in a situation where they don't have a lot to do and they want to make a difference in um, their community or the world? I'd say just go for it. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't do anything, then like nothing's going to happen. If you do something, something might happen, you know? That was worded really badly. No, but um, that, to- that totally makes sense. Like it doesn't have to be perfectly eloquent. You're right. It's like in Finding Nemo. Where it says, if, if you'd never let anything happen to him, nothing's ever going to happen to him. But yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> How about you, Haley? Yeah, I really agree with Zara. Just, like, go for it. Like, I had no prior experience sewing or making masks, obviously. But I just searched on YouTube and, like, taught myself how to do it. And that's really all you need to do is just put in the effort. And it's very rewarding. And I've got to ask, how many masks do you think you guys have made? More than 200. Yeah, I have no idea. I have not been counting. Yeah, last time, last time I checked was a couple weeks ago, and that was, it was like 200, like 10, 15 maybe. I think now I'm probably up to like 250, but wow. It's, I, I use a lot of my spare time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think you mentioned that once you kind of got the word out on social media, the need was so great that everything bloomed from there, right? It was, it was, you, you were doing this little thing for your family and then it just sort of mushroomed outward. Yes. I think a lot of people were just also sharing it and they were, it was like my mom posted a thing and then everybody like kind of linked things to it and they were like, look at this, get masks. And so now, yeah, now it's a big thing. <laughs> Mushroom. That's a good way to put it. So I have a couple resources to share that are related to this. One is we had a guest, Debbie Mickle from MyVPN, who talked about this podcast called Distance Assistance Podcast. And their first episode is about meeting mask makers. And this is a mother-daughter duo, and it's really good. And they actually go all over the country talking. Well, they don't go virtually. They go and all over the country talking about 
these people who are, you know, started small in their house, just like you, and now they're filling warehouses of masks and they have distribution systems where, you know, it's distance distribution. So there's no contact yet. There are hundreds upon thousands of masks are getting distributed to where they need to go. It's, it's fascinating. Wow. That's really impressive. I feel like I would crack under the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think in this case, they, there's a lot of dividing and conquering, right? Like it becomes big and then somebody else comes in and helps out. And, you know, the bigger it gets, the more volunteers get sort of put in to keep things going. But yeah, it's definitely a huge production, especially this, I think the city they highlight is Atlanta, which is huge, right? Oh, yeah. That must be, I feel like it it would be very, very rewarding, especially like in a big city like that, because there's like a lot of people that need face masks and stuff. Another resource I found is called Viruses and Us from the Exploratorium. Exploratorium just always has really cool things. And these are a bunch of activities that will help you explore the science of viruses, understand a little bit more what they're about and what we can do about them. I think, you know, viruses have always been in our life with the flu and things like that, but now we just need to understand them even more. Honestly, I think virus science is pretty cool. Like, obviously, I know viruses aren't like amazing, but I think the science behind why they like spread and how they like mutate and stuff is really cool. They are. They're fascinating. And, you know, you can be interested in studying something, even if it's not something that you think is fantastic and wonderful. And viruses are really interesting. And I think the more we know about them and the more attention we pay to them, the better we understand them, the better off we are. I wonder how many young people have kind of an increased interest in science and studying viruses and health now because of what they're living through. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to learn about the science behind viruses instead of getting caught up in the news and like all the publicity and drama over it. Definitely. Focus on the actual facts. Actual facts and sort of being empowered with knowledge versus disabled with fear. Oh yeah. Do you guys have any resources that you would suggest to other young people who are looking to learn about the science and maybe not get caught up in the drama? Not really. I don't know. I mean, I've been talking to my parents a lot about it, actually. I don't know. I think, it, I think it's also cool to like talk to people like face-to-face instead of reading something online. Yeah, I think it's good to not like watch the news every single night. Like, I know my parents used to do that all the time, and now everyone in my house is just so sick of hearing all day, every day about the coronavirus on the news. So we've kind of taken to doing our own research on our own time. So I've definitely had to take a break from the news, especially in the evening. That's not the way I want to end my day. So I try to get it in the morning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And breaks from all the social media about it. Right. Definitely. So the challenge that I found today is from the Piedmont Housing Alliance. It's called COVID-19 and Loneliness support our seniors. So SOS. So they have a website where you can go and leave a message for a senior. And this is really a challenging time for a lot of seniors because they may be in a space where they're living alone. I can't imagine not having another person in my same place that I can't, that I can interact with. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a great way, again, a very 
easy way to make a difference is write, you know, write a note of encouragement and thank you and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel uh, kind of message for seniors would really help lift their spirits and that you're thinking about them. And we shared a resource earlier this week of possibilities for volunteering in Charlottesville. And I've been in contact with the Jefferson Area Board for Aging. I'm becoming a pen pal for a local senior. It's very easy. I filled out a short survey, immediately got an email. They gave me the address and they're looking for doodles and cards and words of encouragement. So if you're looking for a way to help right here in Charlottesville, there are seniors right in our area that are looking for people to connect with. Everybody loves getting mail. Ms. Fitz, you have one more resource to share? I do. Barack and Michelle Obama got together to record a read aloud of Peter Reynolds' beautiful book, The Word Collector. It drew my attention because they talk at the beginning about the importance of public libraries and say they wanted to do their part to share stories while so many of us don't have access to our public libraries. So I included the link. I got it directly off of Barack Obama's Twitter. It's just a lovely way to share a beautiful book if you're interested. Awesome. Okay, you ready for our riddle? Well, before we do that, let us thank our guests again. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you for, for having us. It was wonderful to hear from you. And now I'm, I have no more excuse. I need to go get my sewing machine and dust it off and find a YouTube video. I can teach you. Yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll record. We can record it and we can, we can add to the YouTube tutorials. Equal to the podcast. Thank you both, ladies. So our riddle for the day, what question can you never answer yes to? Hmm. I feel like we might get some creative answers to this one. Could be. We'll have to find out. Well, until Tuesday. Tech, love, and happiness.